guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the wonderful Arsenio Zizio Podcast. And today's a Monday. Today is an amazing Monday. I'm so grateful for today, okay? Just because we are just two episodes. This is the second to last episode in terms of investment. Guys, we have come such a long way. This sales podcast that I used to do every, uh, what is it, Monday morning, that went on for what? Anywhere between four to six months, if I'm not mistaken. And then me doing investment, getting ready to go into corporate finance, the supply chain and management, and, you know, logistics possibly in the end or vice versa. You know, I'm just so grateful because I've seen this podcast grow and I couldn't be more grateful. And to be honest with you, having the biggest numbers of my entire podcast, I believe, I think it was the first time I either hit 25,000 or 30,000 in one month. And this was obviously back in uh, April. April when things are really skyrocketing. Although my online teaching business hadn't take off, hadn't taken off till then, until I got a website, a reputable website like Podia, started putting my courses on there, my webinars and my coaching products and stuff like that. That's when everything began to amplify. But you know, the journey of this podcast, I'm telling you, to see the numbers obviously going back up and me being back in the top one percent uh, in terms of the bus route, the hosting site that I use, I'm so excited. Just because, man, when I used to wake up and see that there were this many downloads of this, you know, those many downloads, I just said, man, I can't believe it. My message is being spread around the world. So the numbers are coming back up. It was probably around 12,500. And I was like, dude, what is going on? And finally went back up to 15,300, uh, basically, you know, over the last 30 days. And I'm like, okay, that's good. That's good. That's a good number. Um, but nonetheless, it's the cities, the 10,000 cities in the 183 countries that listen to me now. The people who are just filing in and sending me messages off my, my business WhatsApp on my website and following me on YouTube and asking me for, you know, different products and Topol ITP and this and that. I'm just so grateful for it all, man. It has been a journey. It really has. And so here we are today. Here we are today. And I'm very excited about this because, you know, it's, it's always, and it's funny, I feel like this is the last episode, but it technically is because we're going to do an in-company interview type of thing, you know, in the next one. But man, going through this, you know, this and learning so much uh, about investment, I hope that this has helped you guys in a number of different ways so that you can start investing in, you know, a couple of things back home. You know, I promised myself what is it, in November, December of this year, uh, I was going to buy, or I am going to buy uh, a $500 course, uh, Make Real Estate Real. Jamal King, he's a part of the S2S podcast, because I'm going to start uh, investing back home in America. I already have myself a mentor. He was my personal trainer 12 years ago, when, uh, just before I had turned 21. Uh, less, and he sells a number of different houses, but I want to do things that are bigger. I want things that are residual. I want assets and, you know, to create assets, it's in the brick. So, you know, I'm taking my own advice and I'm going to be going out there. Now, stocks and stuff like that, still not into that just yet, but I am getting in contact with people, you know, through LinkedIn and I'm hoping to bring them on too. So nonetheless, guys, man, let's dive into this. A corporate carve out. What does this mean? Well, what are the benefits of buying part of a business? rather than a standalone company. Now, I don't know if you guys are aware, LeBron James, he's a basketball player, uh, you know, getting ready to retire real soon because it's just his productivity is so low now. Um, but if I look at LeBron James, obviously, and seeing how he bought a stake in Liverpool, how David Beckham, 
had bought a number of different things and created a Miami football club team in the Major League Soccer League out there in America. Seeing uh, Giannis, I can't uh, pronounce his last name. He is Greek. Um, you know, the one that just won the NBA Finals, scoring a 50-point bomb and I think a game six, game seven closeout game. I can't remember. He just bought a stake and the Milwaukee Brewers out there, obviously, in Minnesota. And so a lot of people like buying little it's and bits and pieces and stakes. And this is what Kobe did. This is Chris Paul. All the big-time people who are all business perspective and multiply their business. This is what I love so much about Kobe is his same mentality on the court was off the court too. And that's why he was such a major success. Even with Conor McGregor, as toxic as the human being is, he said, you know what? I really don't care so much about UFC anymore because now I know I can make so much more money because I'm now financially educated. So that's what it comes down to. However, there are basketball players out there who come from very poor backgrounds who lose all their money because all they do and know how to do is spend, spend, spend. So why is it that these people from all walks of life start buying little stakes and claims and companies? Well, the thing is, if we look at this, you get a limited control. If you guys are unaware of Shark Tank, these are basically some, oh my gosh, some very repulsive human beings where, you know, these people bring their products before them and, you know, advertise, you know, asking them for, let's say 50,000, 100,000, 150,000, 300,000, whatever it may be as a buy-in. And then they always ask, well, I want 20% of the company. I want 10% of the company. So why is it that they do this? Well, the thing is risk reduction, right? So the parent subsidiary, that type of framework, it mitigates, meaning it offsets the risk because of the legal entities, right? There's tax benefits and those increased efficiencies have that diversification. You have limited control and limited say in regards to if the company is going to sell or not. This is why they always say, you know what, I want a little bit of this company. And this is why if anyone ever comes up to you and says, you know what, no, I really, you know, uh, I see that you're doing great things with this specific thing. I would like to buy this amount in your company. I'm sure this has happened with uh, the company that I actually train at. And big shout out to them. It's amazing. Uh, if you guys have heard this sales podcast, uh, I don't believe I created one for the month of August. Uh, I'm going to create one at the end of this month. Because by the time the end of this month comes, it's going to be off and a popping. I mean, it's going to be exciting. But, you know, I, uh, what is it? I emailed the lady and I asked her about a book. And it was a great way, uh, a conversation gambit to get back in touch with her. She's like, oh, yeah, Arsenio, I'm in uh, Chiang Mai right now, which is a city north in Thailand. And she's like, yeah, the majority of the staff, they already got their first vaccine. And, you know, once things uh, calm down, uh, my staff, they're going to be learning with you again. And I'm like, ah, so they are interested in the whole training. Now, will I be available? I have no idea because there are so many projects. There are like between four to eight massive money-making projects, training programs, all that stuff that is waiting for me within this city. Just imagine when the entire world gets fully vaccinated, I'm going to be able to start doing travel and different types of businesses. And this is what is building me up in present day in terms of what I am doing. And so it was really good to get back in touch with them. The reason why I mentioned that was because I'm sure the CEO, Dino, love him to death. I'm sure 
that people have come to him to say, hey, you know, I'd like to buy this in the company because I see your company's doing very well or this or that. He may have partners. He may have long-term clients, but he must always make sure that if he does give them a piece, he's given them a portion of power too. And you have to be very careful with that because a lot of people like to abuse power. So what we're going to do, we're going to listen to Van Doren Group. They're an engineering conglomerate. Okay, they've agreed to sell its subsidiary, Vigilant Marine Engineering, to the private equity firm Blackstock. So we're going to listen to the two, okay, who represents obviously Van Doren Group. They're going to be in a meeting, you know, and Robert and Paul, who represent Blackstock. And then we're going to go from there and break down this meeting and see where it goes from there. So in saying that, people, let's Five. Do so that's agreed. Great. Is there anything else we need to discuss? Well, our main concern is continuation of business. What I mean is, Vigilant's back office functions like finance, HR, and IT are currently run by you. It'll take us some time to set those services up. Well, in terms of banking services, we could help there. What we can do is set up accounts in Vigilant's name and transfer operations out of Van Doren's accounts. All we'd need from you is a list of countries you want to operate in and the services you'll need access to. It's quite straightforward. Okay, that's great, thanks. Yes, and from an operational point of view, there'd be no problem providing the other services. The problem is how to charge for them. We don't offer these services commercially. What I'd advise is drafting a transition services agreement, outlining what services you'll provide, the fee and the time scale. Yes, from a cost perspective, we could look at the historical costs for each function and work out our fee accordingly. That sounds good. As I said, we're most interested in continuity of business, so from our point of view, as long as the fee's reasonable, it shouldn't be a big issue. One thing we would like is a termination and renewal clause. If we get those services up and running quickly, we don't want to keep paying for your provision. And if we have delays, we want a backup. Okay, that sounds reasonable. So what we need to do is go away and start preparing the contract, and maybe we can get together again when it's finalized. Great. Wow. So in saying that, geez, there's so much to unpack in that audio alone. That's like a business transaction. It's probably very difficult, even for myself, to understand what is actually going on. But that right there is when... Again, one person is selling a part of a subsidiary to a private equity firm. And so you can imagine the different things that people do and have to do in terms of all the particulars, you know, the provisional, okay, signing off on this. We don't want to do this. We want to have a backup plan. We got to have this. There's so much to go around. Like you would need a lawyer there to make sure that everything goes as planned. And so, again, looking at how these different types of, what is it? How these different types of meetings take place is very eye-opening. You know, going back and writing down some key vocabulary terms and, you know, just in case you were to, you know, come across someone who wants to buy a stake in a company or, you looking at the Harvard Business Review or whatever and understanding this from a certain perspective, you're going to be like, oh my God, see, I'm understanding this now. And this is what this podcast is about. It's about building your skills around a specific area 
so that you could take those skills, those vocabulary terms, and go out and start exploring new avenues that were completely untouched. And that's the beauty of life. So in saying that, people, thank you so much. This has been an unbelievable journey in terms of the investment podcast. Again, the end company review is going to be coming up uh, next week, which we're going to be listening to a couple of people and whatnot and breaking down what they say and everything. But after that, guys, that is going to be the end. So in saying that, huh, there's a lot to go over. Corporate finance is coming. No, it sounds like, oh, my God, you're finishing. No, hell no, never. As a matter of fact, just before I end this podcast, I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts. And, you know, I was like, wait, hold on. They're going to end the podcast? And I'm like, oh, there's no way. So the main podcast host, Eric Thomas, he's 50 years old. And he's like, oh, to be honest with you, um, I think when I, you know, when I turn 60, that'll be it. And so they're going to be doing the podcast for a minimum of another 10 years before they even call the quits. And so I'm going to be doing, this is something that I live and breathe and love and love everything about. And this is going to be ongoing for the rest of my life. And that's what I'm so excited about, to be bringing people on from all walks of life to engage in different conversations. It's something that I've always imagined and always wanted to do. So in saying that, guys, have a wonderful morning and afternoon. Today, and I'm your host, Arsenio, as usual. Stay tuned for the last podcast before we get into the corporate finance introduction, and I'll be seeing you there over and out.